the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now, your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, we are all started up on Tuesday. Here I am sitting at my desk. Let's see. It is August the 22nd. I had to look and see what what day it was. Um, You know, you go away for a couple days and you get get into that that malaise a little bit. Um, I didn't check my, my newspaper feeds. I basically stayed away from my email. I didn't have to get on my phone or text because everyone I cared about or needed was right with me. This past weekend, well, since late, late Wednesday night when I came off the show until late, late last night, I was at Cave Hill Resort in Moodis, Connecticut with uh, 71 of my closest friends and family members. And it was a great time. I want to thank um, the people at Cave Hill, specifically Joanne and Jimmy and Nancy, who are the owners who've been there since before they were born. Their grandparents kicked the place off over 100 years ago. I think it's like about 103 years ago. My dad started going there when he was about eight or nine years old. There's pictures of him hanging up on the wall at eight or nine years old. And there he was at 85 years old, sitting at the head of the table in the um, dining room. So, um, but I'm back and I'll talk about my day for a little bit. It was, uh, you just heard Rudolph Giuliani on um, John Katsimatidi's show. Um, we have a, a, well, Hot show because Jones like you know wants to make sure you guys are educated on everything. So we're going to talk about the Gilgo Beach because there's a, a new arrest there, having nothing really to do with the murders, but it's uh, an interesting twist and turn. So we have an expert on that coming on. We're talking about Mayor Adams' trip to Israel and what he's doing there because that's where the mayor is right now. And we're going to talk a little bit about Times Square. Tuesday with Tom Harris. So um, uh, you just heard Rudy Giuliani. I'll tell you a little bit what my day it was about. As since we're always honest on the show, he's calling me right now on my phone, but I'm not going to take that call. Um, I'll have John Esposito from my firm uh, take that call. We are. Um, oh, I forgot. I want to thank Sam Bellino. Hey. What's up, my man? Hey, what's going and on? It was it Thank was great. You. It was great um, hanging out with you this weekend, and Mr. Sibilia as well, and your beautiful wife and Thank you. gorgeous daughter. Um, and uh, I want to thank um, the uh, I want to thank um, Joan because, from by all accounts, she really did a great job um, yesterday filling in. Joan, people gave you a lot of compliments. I got a lot of compliments from both your dad. Mm-hmm. 
Padre Lou and Chicky Rita and the great Staten Islander, Mr. Frank. Um, yes, yes, Frank from Staten Island, uh, but others too. I got some people who. Sent I me want you to listen saying, because you know. we went all nuts on cars. Oh yes, I it heard. Was I heard all I heard. about cars, and you would have loved it. <clears throat> all right, I'll I'll get there. Um, I I came back to work today, and really the biggest thing that I had to accomplish was figuring out the um, surrender of Mayor Giuliani. Which is, it's just crazy that those words are coming out of my mouth. The surrender of Mayor Giuliani. Um, you know, as a kid, when my dad was really in the peak of his career in the 80s, um, that's when um, Rudy was the U.S. Attorney of the Southern District of New York. And that's where they, you know, became friendly as adversaries, respected adversaries. And then, <clears throat> to be honest, through the Italian-American community, you know, we formed a bond with Rudy. We gave him the Colombian Lawyers Award. We gave him, which is called the Rapallo Award. Um, I believe he was the Grand Marshal of the Columbus Day Parade. If not, he was always, you know, around the Columbus Day Parade and various and other Italian uh, organizations. And my firm, our firm, has been representing him for, I believe, over two years regarding the suspension of his law license. Um, both in the state of New York and in um, Washington, D.C. Primarily Judge Leventhal and Judge Cameron's have been working on that. It is an enormous amount of work. Um, so um, what happens is, you know, this news comes down about this indictment last week, and it's no secret, I'm not telling stories out of school and things that aren't in the newspaper, that Mayor Giuliani is, is not in a very positive financial situation. You know, he got divorced a couple of years ago and that was a, a real hit. Um, then he lost his law license. That was a real hit. Years before that, Giuliani's Giuliani partners kind of faded away. So, you know, you get hit with those things. You lose your consulting firm. You lose your law license. You write a huge check out to your wife, as, you know, as you guys get divorced. Um, and then you get hit with, I, I'm not exaggerating, I want to say at least eight lawsuits, if you include the two cases, one in New York and one in Washington, D.C., about trying to take his law license away. And you got to pay these lawyers all along the way. And again, it's it's no secret that you know he had asked or was hoping that the president, President Trump, would give him financial compensation for any of those cases. And I believe he hasn't given compensation for any of those cases. Um, not $1. Supposedly, um, I don't know this for any, any other authority than what I'm reading in the paper, but supposedly um, the uh, President Trump is going to have some sort of a fundraiser for Mayor Giuliani specifically. But all I can tell you is this, folks. <clears throat> Everything is moving so quickly, and... Um, I don't want to say haphazardly, but in this particular case, there are all these many defendants and um, every one of them, the lawyer has to have a one-on-one -on -one with the district attorney or a, designate, a designee from her office to talk about what the bail amount is going to be. And then um, you have to have a bail. You have to either put up the, the money or have a bail bonds person then put the bail in and like have it secured with the clerk's office and then... The individual goes in, and from what I hear, 
it's a pretty benign process of fingerprinting, which Mayor Giuliani's had his fingerprints taken many, many times, like when he became a lawyer. Um, and then um, they're going to take that mugshot, which I'm sure will go viral, which is it's sickening to me. Uh, and then he'll be released and um, there'll be no judge involved. The judge just signs something, but behind closed doors, there'll be no cameras in the courtroom. And then I believe next week, <clears throat> maybe even the week after, there'll be some form of an arraignment when the judge will tell everyone number one, kind of officially what their charges are, what they're charged with. And number two, um, like some sort of a scheduling order. Um, that's when there's going to be a lot of fanfare and cameras and all of that stuff. Um, you know, it's, first of all, it's the fact that they set bail at $200,000 on the president, a former president is just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Um, is $200,000 going to keep him from fleeing if he was really going to get on this plane and fly to some country that doesn't extradite someone? I mean, if he was, you know, lost his mind, no, $200,000 isn't going to stop that. Uh, it's, it's, so it's like, you know, if you set $200 million like they did on, I don't know, some of these people like uh, Sam Backman, whatever his name is, the, the, the little money kid. Yeah, Sam right, yeah, Freed, one of those. Bankman, right. They, they, you know, they said like, <laughs> right? You know, they said an enormous amount of money on some of these people. Um, Two hundred thousand dollars. It's a joke. I mean, yeah, they. I think he has to put up twenty thousand um, dollars, or use a bail bondsman and like put a piece of property and, and pay like five or six or seven percent uh, of two hundred thousand dollars, which is <clears throat> just ridiculous. Um, so my opinion that you're making a mockery of the bail system by saying, oh, yeah, we need the president of the United States, who allegedly is a billionaire, to put up uh, $200,000, which means you're putting up $20,000, because that's going to stop him from from not addressing these charges. It's ridiculous. Um, but I assume that it's going to be something very similar for Mayor Giuliani, and he will comply with everything. And um, our office at this point is going to help Mayor Giuliani any way we can. To uh, to get himself out of this, get him out of this pickle. Um, we are going to come back, and Joan, who are we talking with when we come back? Shy Franklin, who is um, national director with Gotham. He's going to talk about Mayor Adams' trip to Israel. All right, don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back. You don't need me to tell you how great it feels to lose weight. If you watch me on Salem News Channel, you may have noticed my 53 pounds of weight loss from PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition. What you need me to do is tell you how to do it, and this is the way. This is the only way that I found was effective, was long-lasting. I lost that stubborn, visceral belly fat. I was never hungry. I'm so proud to tell you about Dr. Ashley Lucas's program called PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition, and they're with you for life. They're going to give you the tools to not only take the weight off for the last time because you're going to keep it off. Uh, it's not the, the cheapest program out there. It's not the most expensive, but it is the best. It's based on science, data. Use their food. Yours, you, your, use your food. Use a combination of both, but get started. When you're ready to make the call, here's their number, 864-644-1900. PhD Weight Loss, 864-644-1900, or schedule your appointment online, myphdweightloss.com, myphdweightloss.com. 
Invite Health would like to help you fight the effects of aging with resveratrol HX. Did you know that resveratrol is one of the most well-studied nutrients for anti-aging, promoting cell lifespan, supporting the heart, brain, digestive tract, and immune system, and it has been shown to help skin have a more youthful appearance. Our resveratrol HX combines the power of clinically studied transresveratrol with grapeseed extract and quercetin, all in a liquid-filled capsule to yield the highest potency of these anti aging powerhouses. Take advantage of this limited time offer. Buy one bottle of Resveratrol HX at retail and get the second bottle free. Contact Invite at 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Or go to invitehealth.com and use promo code AGE. Be proactive and fight the signs of aging with Resveratrol HX. Call now, 800-673-2345 for Resveratrol HX. I want to introduce you to a unique healthcare provider that may make your life easier called InfuCare RX. Under the watchful eye of my good friend Devin Patel, founder and CEO, InfuCare RX is a leading nationwide specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. If you're currently in need of infusion services, whether IV or sub-Q infusions, InfuCare RX can offer a positive lifestyle change by providing these services in the comfort of your home. Rather than from a clinic or hospital, patients of InfuCare RX have access to their full clinical team via phone and digital access 24-7, 365. Speak with your doctor and see if you're a candidate for the safe and convenient at-home infusion services of InfuCare RX. To review the services, please go to InfuCareRx.com. That's I-N-F-U-C-A-R-E-R-X.com. InfuCare RX, improving quality of life one patient at a time remember when you were in your teens and you thought you were invincible well the same rationale applies to adults too when we're healthy we think we don't need a power of attorney or a healthcare proxy we think we can worry about that when we're older or become sick well you know what folks nothing can be further from the truth the fact is if something happens you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or a healthcare proxy what happens then then the state or the courts may have to make those choices for you is that what you really want? Of course not. It's essential to create a power of attorney and healthcare proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy. So call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They really know their stuff because they've been doing this for 40 years. They will help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. For a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer at Connors and Sullivan, call 718-238-6500. That's 718 718- Two three eight six five zero zero. Listen to AM nine seventy. The answer on Alexa. Tune in iHeart or Odyssey.com. All right, San Bellino, What are we playing here? Glenn Frey, you belong to the city. Okay, well, thank you very much, Glenn Frey. Um, let's bring on a, a someone who uh, I know and I've admired his work. He is a member of the Gotham Government Relations team, of which I am also a member. Uh, he's the international guy. Um, he's a humanitarian for hire. Um, Shai Franklin, the mayor of the city of New York, is in Israel. So tell me, Shai, why you think 
um, as we're dealing with this migrant crisis since the end of the summer, and now kids are going back to school. Actually, kids, many kids are back in school, I think, in the charter schools. Why is, does any mayor take off and go to Israel? It's very important, Arthur, for one million New York residents who are Jewish and uh, hundreds of thousands of others who may be Christian or otherwise have an interest in Israel. It's like the mayor of Boston going to Ireland. It's, it's a big, important thing for a mayor to do. I think pretty much every mayor has done it. And uh, yeah, we've got stuff going We always have stuff going on here. But this is actually the, the quiet season, the dog days. Israel has a lot of stuff going on, too. And I remember running into David Dinkins back uh, for late David Dinkins when he was mayor 30 years ago when Israel was under attack from Scuds, from Saddam Hussein. He came for a visit. Israel's going through a lot of uh, stuff right now, so the mayor goes to show solidarity. And on behalf of, the again, the hundreds of thousands of New Yorkers who care deeply about New York, New York City actually has more Jews than any city in the world, including any Israeli city. Wow, that was a fact I definitely did not, did not know. So, Shai, just tell people a little bit um, about you know the mayor's trip and what he's trying to pack in there, and you know what he's trying to accomplish. What I've been reading online is it's a little bit a little bit of a mix between um, you know doing political stuff and actually doing some uh, spiritual religious uh, exploring. Well, again, the connection between New York and and Israel is is very spiritual, very religious. Uh, he is going as, you know, sort of not just the, America's mayor, but kind of the world's mayor. So I think that's that's very important. The political meetings he's having aren't so much political as they are protocol, you know, governmental. Whoever the prime minister of Israel is, that's the prime minister. It doesn't matter if there's you know, people protesting in the streets or protesting on his behalf against him, whatever it is. Uh, these people represent Israel, and he wants to show that. He's going to he visited Yad Vashem, which is the memorial and museum to the Holocaust. He, of course, went to the Western Wall, and he's accompanied almost all the way around by the UJA Federation, the, the Jewish Federation of New York, and other Jewish leaders from here. And he's got, of course, uh, some prominent uh, Jews on his staff. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of—it's basically goodwill. That's the main thing. And whatever, whatever specific policy issues they discuss, that's all well and good. But that kind of stuff goes on all the time between Israel and, and New York. The important thing is that he's there, he's carrying the flag around. Uh, it's good for him, of course, politically, but I think it's also just in his role as mayor. It's, it's, it's expected that he'll get to Israel at some point, and, and now he's done it. Why do you say it's good for him politically? Because of what you said a moment ago, that uh, we have more Jewish folk here than else than anywhere else? Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of, a lot of Jewish voters, a lot of voters for whom Israel is important, uh, whether they're on the right or the left, and uh, it shows that he, you know, he identifies. So, sure, I mean, it doesn't doesn't hurt him politically. I'm not saying he's going only for political reasons. It's just as they say. It's, it's part of his role as New York mayor, I think, to, to go to Israel and to, to keep that connection going. And it's a big deal for it's a big deal for Israelis. He's a big celebrity there as the mayor of New York City. And uh, yeah, it gives Israeli it gives a, a Jews in, the, in New York a feeling that they they have somebody who gets them. So it was kind of like when de Blasio went to Italy uh, the first summer after he uh, became <laughs> no I don't think it's exactly. I don't think it's that exactly. I don't know I don't think it's that big of a deal um, because of the role that Israel plays in the world it's uh, it, uh, the New York Times says the mayor made it clear that he had no interest in weighing in on the challenges facing Israel where Mr. Netanyahu's far-right government has moved to limit the powers of Israel Israel's judiciary prompting widespread protests. 
I listened, he said, of the meetings in a call with reporters. I didn't weigh in. I think the people of Israel will determine their destiny. Very smart. Very smart. If he weighed in on one side or the other, that would that wouldn't just break even. And that would be that would be a real loss. <laughs> Well, here's 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 what he followed up. This is the this is the mayor of the city of New York following up to reporters on his trip to Israel. "Quote: I have many challenges in my city, and I wouldn't want someone to come in and interfere in how I work them out." He said, and I think that, you know, I think that yeah, I think he's right. Um, and it seems like he and and uh, Netanyahu uh, seem to have a a, a good relationship, and. Um, you know, look, I, I, anyone who listens to this show and Shai, I know you know you're you're a friend and a fan. Um, we're I, I I'm entrenched in supporting the mayor because he is our mayor, and I, I don't root for any of my leaders to fail. Um, and overall, Shai Franklin of uh, Gotham Government Relations, would you say that uh, you know this is a, a little blip of positivity for the mayor? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely positive for him. It's a positive for Israel, and uh, I think it's a positive for Gotham and Adela Bertuna and Canvas. There we go. All right, all right, Shai. I will let you run. Thanks for updating us on that. Thank I was you. wondering where the mayor was, and and Joni told me and volunteered you to come on. And I know you know your stuff, so I appreciate you calling in. Always happy to be here. Thanks. All right. Um, that was Shai Franklin. He's uh, He kind of has his hands on the pulse of international stuff, especially regarding Israel. Um, the cover of Crane's New York business thing, speaking of things that aren't going too well in the city of New York, um, this is actually I think, the state of New York, New York's cannabis market could be worth $7.5 billion, most of it illegal. The unregulated market is expected to generate $5.4 billion compared to $2 billion in legal sales this year. So $2 billion in legal sales, $5.4 billion in illegal sales. Um, When the state, I'm going to read, when the state legislature legalized recreational marijuana two years ago and dramatically reduced penalties for illegal sales, that's key right there, dramatically reduced penalties for illegal sales, the intent was to create a network of carefully located dispensaries to be safely run by people who had been incarcerated for selling weed in the past. Okay, we could talk about that later. Like, I don't know why, you know, just because the law changed, I don't know if they necessarily should be getting such a benefit um, to be the only ones eligible to sell legal cannabis. But instead of these legal places being sp- sprinkled around town, the smell of weed is quite literally in the air all over the city, and the government isn't collecting much tax revenue, for, revenue from it. New York State's marijuana marketplace could be worth $7.5 billion, Washington research firm New Frontier Data estimates. But most sales take place within the thousands of unlicensed bodegas, delis, and other retailers in the city, in the city selling flour, Edibles and extracts. You know, uh, this is something we're going to have Tom Harris on a little later in the show after we talk to, because um, uh, we mixed the order up, after we talk to Frank McKay about the Gilgo Beach murders, um, we're going to talk to Tom Harris, and he's all over this. Um, and they talked about how um, last Monday when we had the show with the head of all the business improvement districts, 
how they have worked very closely with the NYPD to move a lot of these weed trucks. And I will tell you, you do not see them in Midtown anymore, like not the way they were. Yes, Joe. I have two stats for you that might interest you. Unlicensed illegal smoke shops in the city, city officials estimate to be about 8,000. And a couple of days ago, a group of veterans are trying to get in on the cannabis market. And there's a whole legislation going on regarding who's getting licenses and how and disabled vets should be in on it and want in on it. Um, you know, it's, so it's it's very interesting what's happening. I'm, yeah, well, I'm it's... curious as to how this is going <clears> to <throat> unfold. Joan, if you remember on, um, what was it, April 14th? What's the marijuana day? Is that it? 20. 420. Eight, right, right, 420. Right, right, <laughs> sorry. We had Steve Kessler on. Yep, from, we're going to have him back. We had him on from um, the state of Washington, where he has supported his family, his wife and his two children, um, running a retail cannabis store. And he said on the show, before everything was in place, even though it was the law was approved, but it wasn't in place, he said, if you don't have strict law enforcement mm-hmm. on the black market, gray market, whatever you want to call it, it'll never work. If you just let people just say, you know, if there's not severe penalties for the illegal sale of cannabis, it'll never work. And he was 100% correct. There's at correct. least two stores per block in my neighborhood i've seen a few with like cease and desist that they're not allowed to sell weed at this particular store it's only supposed to be a smoke shop yeah well not pot that yeah that doesn't work it's not um and it hasn't worked and you know it's it's not like we're not pioneers in this area there's washington state there's colorado there's you know plenty of places we could look in Mm -hmm. and we could have learned from but instead we did it and we just did things, you know, the way we thought we would. And we're going to deregulate it. We're going to, again, it's not going to be any big penalties for illegal illegal sales. And we failed. We failed miserably. And who's who's at fault? Like, is it the landlord that's renting to them? Like- no, what's at fault is the legislature who yeah. wrote the bill, who it should that's have been in there one. saying there's going to be whatever, two dispensaries, three dispensaries per borough. And anyone who gets caught illegally, like we do with guns, gets X amount of, you know, time in jail. No ifs, ands, or buts. I'm not saying it should be two years like it is with guns, but even if it's 30 days, you get caught selling weed, you're in you're in jail. Period. Amen. 30 days. No, a lot of these people they don't want to go to, to Rikers for 30 days or 20 days or whatever it is. All right, we are going to come back with Frank McKay. There's been an, uh, a weird arrest in the Gilgo Beach murders. We're going to talk about it when we come back, and then we'll have Tom Harris. Don't go away. It's Tuesday, and that means it's time to talk travel. Tonight at 7 o'clock, Linda Perillo joins me, Kevin McCullough, and we hope to take you on a bit of an adventure. That's tonight at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8 on AM 970. The Answer. 
Increase your investment knowledge in a unique way this year. Join us on the 2023 Eagle Financial Publications Cruise along with The Money Show. Visit EagleFinancialCruise.com for details and to secure your cabin. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life. Every Sunday night, some of the world's most inspirational and influential people join me to discuss health and wellness, professional development, and personal well-being. They share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Take time for yourself. Tune into Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, be sure to visit our website so you can listen on demand. And while you're there, read our digital magazine and take part in our book club. Visit CYACYL.com. That's CYACYL.com. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where author Idala of the author Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. I've been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College for months and months and months. Well, Plaza College has been around since 1916. And not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. And I'd like to offer congratulations to that first graduating class that put 18 new nurses in our community. Congratulations, nurses. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. I've seen it with my own eyes. It is incredible. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. What a spectacular way to learn. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, email info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with lifetime New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala making the case for the city he loves. Here's Arthur. Boom, boom, boom. Little John Lee Hooker. Boom, boom. Way to go there, Sam Bellino. I like it. All right, so here's some craziness, okay? 
we know about the Gilgo Beach murders, and we're gonna we could talk a little bit about the background with it with our next guest, who has been covering this for a very long time, uh, Frank McKay, who I saw last Monday at um, our outdoor event. Uh, he was sweet enough to come by and say hello. So before we talk about the new uh, arrest, Frank, just for folks who have been on vacation and they've been in Europe and they don't know what the Gilgo Beach murders are, just give them a, a quick rundown as what that was all about. Uh, there was a uh, there was a disappearance of a of a woman, a, a sex worker named uh, Shannon Gilbert. And I'll I'll be as brief as I can. And uh, she went missing. And when she did go missing, uh, a, a search went on and they found remains of uh, what turned out to be other sex workers and not Shannon Gilbert at first. After a while, they uh, they they found Gilbert, um, who is not considered to be one of the, strangely enough, to be the murder victims. Uh, but instead, they, uh, they discovered up to 10 uh, different victims um, in, a, in a general geographic area known as Gilgo Beach or Oak Beach. And uh, the, the search went out for a, uh, a killer and, you know, either a single killer or multiple killers. And, and this, uh, this discovery happened in December of 2010. In 2011, uh, a, a search by the FBI and the local police went on, uh, and, and it really stopped dead in its tracks when uh, a guy named Steve Ballone was elected county executive out here. And basically, that's the, the mayor of Suffolk County or the governor of Suffolk County, if you would. And as soon as Ballone got in, he appointed a very strange uh, character to be his police chief. And that was Jimmy Burke. That was Jimmy right Burke. now. Why is he? Why? Why? Tell us, uh, Frank. Why um, Jimmy Burke is a strange character to be the police chief? Uh, Jimmy Burke had an IA, an internal affairs report, that uh, would would make uh, sex workers blush. Would make uh, you Hefner blush. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what showed up in this IA report, which is uh, not public, but it's it's pretty well known. And it was tremendous. It was uh, hundreds and hundreds of pages of Burke uh, being involved with a sex ring, running a sex ring with a woman named Heather Malone, um, being involved with sex workers, uh, prostitutes in his squad car while he was a police officer. It was just an unbelievable uh, track record and and really a devastating uh, track record. Uh, This was made known to Ballone and, and Ballone ignored it. And and Ballone put in Jimmy Burke. And well, let me just wait. Let me just ask you something, yeah. Frank McKay. If if his record was so bad from internal affairs, how come he didn't get fired? I mean, in New York City, if a police officer is having sex with a prostitute in the back of a squad car and he gets caught, he's out. Well, here's here's the the I guess the the quick story. But uh, as a as a teenager, as a young teenager, Jimmy Burke witnessed a murder. He witnessed the murder of John Pius. In, uh, in Hopog, New York. And it was a, a famous uh, murder out here. A kid shoved rocks in, in his throat to suffocate him. Burke was the deciding witness. He was the, he was the star witness for then prosecutor, uh, Tom Spoda. Um, Spoda took Burke under his wing, and uh, Burke was kind of fatherless, uh, and he had a, a very, you know, very strange upbringing. And that's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole other story. Uh, but Spoda took him under his wing, 
and Spoda became very close to the police union and in taking Burke under his wing, he, he got him all the tests and so forth. Spoda became the DA in 2001 and Burke uh, rose. And that's when I met the two of them. And, and for reasons of full disclosure, I, I had a good relationship with both of them uh, during the election. I've been blamed for electing Spoda and or credited, uh, depending on how you look at it. And um, and Burke was always under the wing of Tom Spoda, who became the most powerful public official in, in Suffolk County for, uh, you know, in, well, until Burke became police chief and, and then uh, it all went awry. But Burke had the protection of Tom Spoda as DA, uh, always there for him. And prior to that, as an attorney for Burke and uh, and somebody who represented the police union. Okay. I, you know, I, I, I'm not challenging you, Frank. I'm just curious that if yeah. IA, if the Internal Affairs had this big dossier on Burke's, all his you know, misdeeds, why the whoever is the commissioner or whoever's in charge didn't give this guy a boot. But obviously he figured out a way to go through it. Now, tell folks a little bit, Frank McKay, about... Um, about about the eventual downfall of uh, the Suffolk County Police Chief Burke. Well, Burke, uh, the, the very important to mention that as soon as Ballone took over in 2001, January, I, I'm sorry, 2012, uh, he appointed Burke immediately, and they got the FBI out of the uh, investigation, completely got the FBI out of the investigation, as confirmed by Jerry Hart, the lead agent of FBI, uh, at the time on Long Island. And soon after that, uh, the the whole investigation stopped. Now, there was speculation that uh, that it was because these guys had something to do with the murders. And as it turns out, it really wasn't the case, but that the, uh, that the two of them, Ballone and Burke, uh, rather had all kinds of things going on, and they didn't want the FBI's eyes on it. They didn't want the U.S. attorney's eyes on it. And, uh, and they wanted complete control. And, and, you know, a lot of it had to do with sex workers. As, uh, as time went on, Burke uh, had, had gotten robbed. His car had gotten robbed by a, a, a drug addict named Christopher Loeb. And uh, Chris Loeb uh, allegedly found uh, a gun belt there, sex toys, um, pornography. He's called it very strange uh, porn, but I don't know what it was. And when Burke found out, in the, uh, I believe it was the fourth precinct, Burke, as police chief, got a hold of um, uh, Loeb and beat the hell out of him. Uh, he then, uh, in a very dict- dictatorial way, so Bur- uh, so had- Burke so Burke beat up Loeb Loeb himself. Yeah. He uh, didn't he didn't answer he didn't ask one of his guys to do it. He did it. He beat him himself. He he beat him. You know, <laughs> uh, he he beat him badly, and um, and proceeded to cover up the crime and. The people who covered up were, you know, were, you know, obviously uh, Steve Ballone uh, was in the know of this and Tom Spoda being the D.A. and a guy named Chris McPartland. The two, Tom Spoda, the D.A. and McPartland, his right hand man, are currently serving five year sentences, um, federal sentences uh, because of the cover up. Uh, They were they were convicted in a in a a federal court and uh, and the two of them are probably about the middle of their term. And, you know, you, you, you make it, and Frank, I just want to be careful because, you know, you make it sound like Ballone knew about this. He was never charged uh, with any crimes. Steve Ballone, correct? No, Ballone, Ballone has never been charged with crimes. Ballone's uh, situation is that he put Jimmy Burke in, and after he knew about Christopher Loeb being beat up, 
Uh, he was neither uh, admonished. Burke, I mean, was never admonished. He was never um, he was never um, publicly criticized in, in any way. He was never suspended and certainly was never fired. And uh, and Ballone knew about it. In fact, he never fired Burke. Uh, they put out a mutual letter saying that they uh, they had a mutual agreement that Burke would leave. And this is only after the Fed uh, made it clear that they were going to uh, you know prosecute Burke. Burke copped the plea rather than you know I guess bring everybody else down with him. And he uh, and he copped for four and a half years, and um, and and served uh, you know most of that in federal prison and some of it in a halfway house. But uh, but Burke knew uh, Burke and Ballone were you know hand in glove. Uh, right. Anybody who thinks, yeah, yeah, it's it's you know it's a fact. It's okay, a fact. I got you. So now I got you. I hear you, Frank McKay. So now let's let's talk about the news of the day. So Jimmy Burke, the former police commissioner, who uh, was doing time for he pled guilty to beating up some dude and covering it up, who was broke into his car and stole a bunch of sex toys and porno movies or whatever. Um, he's now out, and he's been out and about and in, in the community as a regular citizen, and tell, tell us, Frank McKay, what happened this morning? Somewhere around 10.10, I believe, this morning, um, Burke had, uh, had gone to a, um, a, a, a spot on Long Island, Farmingville, uh, called Bald Hill, and there's a, a Vietnam veteran memorial there, but it's also known as, a, uh, as like a, a prowling ground for uh, you know homosexuals, I, I actually didn't know that that this was a uh, a place, but apparently it is, and it's a it's a known uh, entity. And Burke went and he solicited um, someone, and he, he offered to perform uh, oral sex on the um, on the individual. It, it ended up being a park ranger uh, who was uh, kind of set up to see the the prostitution uh, situation that was going on in that area. Uh, Burke was uh, found. Now, again, this is, is something I got. It hasn't been reported, but he was found with uh, some drugs on him. And and when I asked uh, what what the drugs were, uh, it was a, a, a I don't know what the, the drug it would be, but a, a sphincter relaxer, which would indicate that he was, uh, uh, you know, at 10 o'clock in the morning, he was preparing for uh, to be on the receiving end of uh, of anal sex. And interesting. Um, Good yeah. evening, everybody. This is Arthur Idala on the Idala Power Hour with Frank McKay, uh, talking to, talking the truth in the world of the law, and I appreciate that, Frank. Well, that would say, you know, that's quite interesting. Um, and so now he's charged once again. Uh, he's uh, what we know in, in the world of uh, criminal law. He's a predicate felon, which means he already has one felony. So his sentencing exposure uh, is increased based on that. However. Um, soliciting a prostitute, if that's what he's charged with, is not exactly the crime of the century, even if you are a predicate felon. It's, uh, yes, you're correct. And you uh, certainly, you're the law expert. I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm under the impression that he's going to be charged with misdemeanors and that his, uh, his punishment is going to be embarrassment. Um, the question I was asking before I went on air earlier, on, on various shows earlier, uh, was uh, is it a is it a parole violation? And the, and the answer is no. Uh, he had a three year uh, parole, and uh, and it, he was released in 2019. So he's he's beyond the window of of that, and so it doesn't affect um, it, it doesn't affect him in a sense where he broke a parole. He's past that. So all he's going to be charged with basically are, are misdemeanors, 
um, the embarrassment is, uh, I guess, you know, what, what the yeah, situation that, was. Yeah, that's the punishment here. All right, Frank, I got to go. You were fantastic. You're so knowledgeable on this topic. I want to thank my fellow friend, Frank, our, our fellow friend, Frank from Staten Island, uh, for the introduction to you, Mr. McKay, because uh, you're spot on on this topic. Thanks so much for coming on, and uh, we will catch. We'll, we'll keep bothering you to talk about this, this overall matter as, uh, as it plays out. Yeah, anytime, Arthur. Thanks for having me. All right. All right, folks, we're going to come back. We're going to have a quick segment with uh, Tom Harris, Times Square Tuesday. Let's talk about all the cannabis that's being sold around the city of New York. We won't, we won't let that just disappear. Don't go away. We'll be right back. More than 80 million Americans count on AM radio stations like this one for news, important weather updates, and the opportunity to discuss and debate important issues facing our country. But some people want to remove AM radio for the new cars being manufactured, and we can't let that happen. The Senate Commerce Committee has approved the AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act, Senate Bill 1669, and moved it on for a vote in the full Senate. It also faces action in the U.S. House. Your U.S. Senator and your representative in Congress are in your home state during the annual congressional recess this August. When you see your senator or congressman visiting your community, please tell them you want to support to keep AM radio strong, vibrant, and available to keep you in your car. This is your opportunity to stand up and be heard. You could text AM to 52886. That's AM to 52886 to tell Congress to support AM radio. That is text AM to 52886. I can tell you personally, defending AM radio is so important. Tell Congress to support AM radio. That's AM to 52886. All right, so summer is not over yet. Okay, we got to, we actually technically have a whole month, right? It's September 20 something is when summer is over. But Bay Ridge Honda is turning up the heat by saving you $1,500. You heard that right. $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease and purchase your next car with Bay Ridge Honda. They have been your family-owned and operated dealer for over 60 years by the Sabah family of Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Browse from over 200 new Honda vehicles and over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True program at their 2022 President's Award-winning dealership. And right now, you're going to get 0% APR financing and zero down payment on select new 2023 Honda models for the rest of the month. Plus, receive $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease when you purchase your next car with Bay Ridge Honda. Even if you don't buy from Bay Ridge Honda, they will buy your car from you. So visit them at 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, or visit them online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. Available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See the dealer for details. This sale ends on August the 30th, 2023. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The answer. Come together right now. Well, that's what we did last Monday night here on the Power Hour. Um, that's what we did this past weekend in Cave Hill Resort. We, uh, we all came together. And a lot of times when you come together and work together and play together, uh, you come up with some great solutions. Um, the law firm here is going to try to come up with some great solutions for Mayor Giuliani. Uh, <laughs> but Tom Harris is the man who has 
uh, the great solutions for Times Square, where he helps the businesses, the restaurants, the events run smoothly and makes Times Square the international, international location that it is. And I would imagine, Tom Harris, right now, uh, on August the 22nd, you guys must be rocking and rolling with tourism in Times Square. Thank you very much, Arthur, for having me. I hope you had a relaxing weekend and got to recharge. And, yes, Times Square is booming. I think last Monday when we did the the hit, we had over 400,000 people in Times Square. Our week averages last week were very close to the 2019 numbers. And that's without a lot of the office workers and a lot of the international travelers. So we're doing well. We have new businesses. Uh, and, and I think the song kind of nails it. If we all come together in the city, in Times Square, there's nothing that we can't do. There's no problem that we can't solve. I think that's great, Tom. You know, you mentioned just now the office workers. Um, I will tell you that in the law, the law paper here, the New York Law Journal, uh, there have been a lot of articles that the big law firms, not like Little Eye Dollar, Bertuna and Commons, that had everyone back in the office after Labor Day of 2020, that the big law firms who are trying to catch up to the groundbreaking firms like Idala, Bertuna and Commons, three years later are now saying that the lawyers have to be back in the office, not five days a week, but at least four days a week. And they can work from home on Friday, which, okay, whatever. Um, uh, but Tom Harris, in your capacity of uh, running the Times Square Alliance, have you heard anything about some of the big businesses bringing everyone back to work after Labor Day full time? So I have heard about the law firms, and it's probably why your law firm is getting all the bigger clients because you're there. You have to show up to get the to get those big clients. But I have heard that a lot of the law firms are going to go to the four day a week uh, in the office beginning after Labor Day. Okay, well, that's that's basically and 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 how Tom Harris, do you expect that to affect, um, you know, you, what you were talking about, about the the population down there in Times Square? Well, it's, it's, it's good for the it's good for the population. Uh, it's good for the local businesses. It's good for those mom and pop restaurants that rely on those those office workers for the lunch crowd there. We still have some restaurants that aren't open for lunch, and, and if we get more workers back into the office, that will change. It's better for the overall economy of the city, uh, and it's just it's just good to have a vibrant, active uh, midtown. Okay, well, I am working on it being vibrant and, and active as much as I can, Tom, strolling in and out whenever I can, and I'm, you know, I'm right up the block. So um, one last topic. You know, speaking about the block, down the block from me, east of you, is the Roosevelt Hotel, where it's a central staging area for the migrants here in New York City. Has that had any effect on Times Square? So Times Square has four um, four hotels housing the migrants. We really have worked very closely uh, with the management of those buildings with the city of, of New York. The city has a as a good team and you know the key the key to any any thriving neighborhood is to to work together and like like the beatles said come together so we work with the the management of those buildings with the city to address issues as they come up and to make sure that it doesn't negatively impact the surrounding neighborhood do we have problems yes do we deal with the problems immediately 
100%. Tom Harris, head of the Times Square Alliance, former inspector of the NYPD. Thanks for coming on on a Tuesday, Times Square Tuesday with Tom Harris. I really appreciate it, Tom. Thanks, Arthur. What happened to the weed? I thought you wanted to talk about cannabis. Well, I will. I already reported earlier that you, um, you guys did a great job with the working with the NYPD to get those marijuana, those weed trucks out of Times Square. And I admitted, I, I acknowledged that I do not see them anymore. And I gave you a round of applause for that. Well, thank you. We have to get rid of the illegal stores now. Four-part plan. City could do it all, most of it themselves. We're holding the landlords accountable, so that's good. We need to hold those who operate the stores accountable through strengthened, strengthened nuisance abatement laws, which we're looking to do with the council. We need to increase resources and then strengthen the state laws. You couldn't have an unlicensed bar open for 24 minutes in New York City without them closing it down. Why can't we have the same for the marijuana stores? This is a solvable problem if we all come together. Brilliant, Tom Harris. Seriously, <laughs> what you—the analogy you made to a liquor store—is brilliant. All right, we got to run. It's the end of the show. Thank you so much, Tom Harris. I appreciate it. Thank you. I just want to thank everyone um, who filled in for me over the last couple of days. I know Sibilia did, and Joni did a great job. Um, and I want to thank the folks again up at Cave Hill Resort in Moody's, Connecticut. You should give them a look up. Cave like a cave, hill like a hill. Uh, resort and you could google them right there and you can see what it is it is a fantastic family run i don't know i guess you would call it glamping is that what you would call it joni it's total glamping they are mm-hmm. the best family and the fact that i saw your picture at eight years old your father's picture at eight years old on the wall it's beautiful place to go yep and, and sambolino was there sabilia was there the real thanks to mary Bertuna. Who put the whole thing together? Yes, she, she, her organizational skills are beyond. Um, All right, that's it. That's a, that's a wrap on a Tuesday night show. We'll be back live tomorrow night, Wednesday night. I know Joan has all kinds of guests lined up. I'll give you a little update on the Giuliani case, and we're gonna uh, leave you with New Order Love Vigilantes. Have a good night, everyone. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.